Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Sheila Zelinsky Show. Today, I've got a fantastic guest. Before I jump into the program, I just want to remind people that this ministry is 100% listener-supported. No advertisements, no commercials, no interruptions. You can go over there to SheilaZelinsky.com slash donate, and we've made a variety of very easy ways for you to donate, including Venmo, Cash App, Zelle, PayPal, and even even snail mail, you can send check or money order to Sheila Zelinsky Ministries, Box 396 Woodland Hills, California, 91365. We really thank you for your support. Well, I want to jump right into the show. You're in for a real treat today because I have a very good friend of the program that is long overdue back on the program, and I'm very excited to be putting my support behind an upcoming event that I believe is going to be life-changing. You know, I've supported events in the past, but unless something is life-changing and equips the body of Christ, I'm no longer involved in that, and I no longer support those venues that I don't believe are completely life-changing for the believer. And I believe this is one such event. We're going to talk about that event. But first, let me introduce him. And if you're a new listener, he is a very powerful, true apostolic gospel minister. He's a Cuban-born evangelist, and he's one of my mentors and truly favorite people. It is the one and only Augusto Perez, The Appearance Ministries out of Florida. He's in a great state. He's a dear friend, and I'd like to welcome him back to the program. Augusto, thank you so much for coming on the program today. Hey, Sheila. So good to be back with you. It's good to have you on, Augusto. Listen, where I want to jump in might seem like a strange place, but as I look around the West, particularly Canada, certainly the United States, you know, and I think about the United States being the, not only the last bastion of freedom, but the first and only, nothing else in the world. And I always knew that if the U.S. goes the world is doomed. And that's just a fact. And when I look at this bumbling, bobble-headed Biden, Beijing puppet Biden, the man can't finish a sentence. It's so cringe. It is such the laughing stock of the world. But the bigger part of this is you yourself escaped Cuba only to come to a country when you were a child, now to go back under communism. I mean, this is absolutely hellish what is playing out before our eyes. You've talked about the pandemics that are going to be unleashed. You've talked about that for, you know, over 20 years ago. You were. We have been talking about what's been coming for decades. And I find it, when I really look at what they've pulled off with this COVID and probably even worse things to come, now there's a mention of a new killer strain of Ebola. You know, this truly is the most evil, diabolical inoculation lab rat universal global program ever hatched and unleashed on the people. I mean, this thing is straight out of the bowels of hell, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Of course, this has been in the making for, for many years. This didn't start last year. They have been planning a virus 
pandemic uh, for many years, the vaccines. Yeah, all of these things that are taking place right now are basically designed for one purpose and one only, and it may have different ramifications. This thing has been being planned for many, many years. I remember back in the 1980s and 90s, there was uh, programs and uh, Ron Paul came on the program many time on Southwest Radio and other programs I listened to, Tex Mars, which went on to be with, with the Lord. But I purchased a book many, many years ago, and it was uh, titled Globalism, America's Demise. And everything about that book, what I explained was these people, the powers that be, they are intent on reducing the population of the world to one half of a billion people. Now, this we all know that. However, many times we fail to connect the dots. Every one of these things that we are seeing happening now is designed to reduce the population of the earth. Basically, the extermination of people. They see us as cattle. They see us as useless eaters, people that are polluting the planet. And there's too many of us. And so they cannot control that many people. They want to reduce them to a manageable size, let's say have a billion, 500 million, so that they can become their servants, if you will, the slave force and uh, people that work for them, and they would be the masters of the universe. This thing is being achieved through first through abortion, which came out in the 1970s, abortions. Then, of course, it came with a gay lesbian uh, agenda, which, of course, we know they cannot reproduce. Two men cannot reproduce. Two women cannot reproduce. So they, they like that. This is the reason why they are pushing this agenda. It's not because they care about homosexual people. It's not about that. It's about they, they care that the fact that they cannot reproduce. That's all they care about. The abortion is just, uh, it has become a carnage where they sell uh, organs to the best buyer, uh, to top buyer, top dollar. And now they're using the vaccines. The vaccines... And by the way, they have also used wars in the, in the past to kill uh, millions of people and hundreds of thousands of millions of people and diseases and all that. But now they have basically ramped it up and now they're doing the, uh, the uh, pandemic thing and threatening people that this is uh, deadly and uh, you either get the vaccine or else. And so basically I had listened, uh, Sheila, to all of these people that uh, experts, the medical experts, okay, the ones that are sounding the alarm, they are all saying the same thing, that the chances of anybody under 65 dying of COVID, okay, is less than 1%. And those over 65 and over, the chances are about 1%, between 1% and 2%. Now, that is how deadly this thing is. Now, because of that, they want people to just uh, force them to get vaccinated which of course, it's nothing about uh, a vaccine. You know as well as I do, this is not even a vaccine. It's something else. It's a program they are injecting into the human DNA to uh, who knows what for what purpose in the future. Me, I think it probably has to do with the upcoming uh, Mark of the Beast. Some people say this is the Mark of the Beast. Uh, I, don't, I don't see it that way. And I'll tell you why I don't see it that way. Uh, because, first of all, the man of lawlessness is not here yet. He hasn't manifested. Secondly, it's supposed to be in the right hand and in the forehead. In the forehead. This, is, this is in the arm. And thirdly, it, it has the name of the beast and the number of his name. So, that, you know, none of, it, it doesn't fulfill 
any of those things. Now, is it preparing the way and uh, maybe on top of this, maybe with this vaccine that they will come out later with something that will uh, maybe connect to this thing and become the mark of the beast? Probably. But I remember back in the in the 1980s, uh, Sheila, and then early 1990s, remember when the UPC code first started appearing on every product? I remember all the prophecy teachers immediately started preaching that that was the mark of the beast. Oh, yeah, the barcode. The barcode, yeah. And uh, although I knew that, yeah, yeah I, I, and back then, back then I wasn't even <clears throat> into this ministry I am today. And back then I said, well, that may be connected to it, but that is certainly not the mark of the beast. Because they're not putting this thing on my right hand and the forehead. They're putting this on products. And so now when I see this thing being put on the, on the right hand and the forehead, and when I see someone nefarious appearing, and when I see all of these things beginning to take place, then I will say, yeah, we are there. Now, the other thing the Lord showed me in a vision, it was a few years ago. He gave me a word, and I had no idea what it meant. The word was Sempro. When I looked it up, I found out that it is a system that um, it's going to connect. And it, that system already exists. And it connects all of the smart uh, devices in our home and all over the world. And so Sempro is going to become basically the brain, the controlling brain of the, of the beast system. Everything is going to be tied into it. Your TV, your you know, your refrigerator, your uh, your iPhones, your everything, computers. Everything is going to be tied into that. Now we're not there yet. We are not there. We are getting there, but we are not there yet. So, however, this having said all that, this vaccine does have the potential to uh, destroy people, kill them, basically, because. It will, it will literally, from what I've heard all of these experts, and there's many, there's hundreds, maybe thousands of medical doctors and experts and uh, epidemiologists and uh, virologists, and you name them, they all say the same thing, <clears throat> that this thing, what it literally does is destroy the uh, ability of a human being to be able to fight off uh, a disease, the, the immune system. It destroys it. And uh, the person is not able to uh, defend itself. The human body, Sheila, is the most incredible piece of creation that God ever made. And it is so sophisticated and it is so brilliant that when I find out some of these things, it, I just marvel. I drop my mouth. I marvel at the brilliance of the creation. We have so many different systems inside of us that you know, to defend us, to defend us from, from viruses, from bacteria, from all of these things, our human body, our immune system has the ability to kill all of those things off and to heal itself. We really have the ability to heal ourselves. Every member of our body, every organ has the ability to renew itself. Our intestines are renewed every five days. Our eyes every few days, I can't remember. It's incredible. Even the nervous system has the ability to renew itself every several months. Our liver, our kidneys, every one of our organs renews itself. The cells renew. However, when this thing is injected into the people, it, it is going to hinder all of that stuff because it is going to mess up the mechanisms that the Almighty put inside of us to keep us healthy. 
So they are purposely trying to make us unhealthy. That much I can tell you for a fact, because I have studied this, I've prayed about it, and this much I can tell you, this thing that they want to give the people and have given many of them, millions of people already, is deadly. Now, how long will it take for them to succumb? I don't know. It may take a, a few months. It's, to, to others, it may be a year or two. I don't know. But eventually, their immune system will collapse. This is what um, it does. The doctors have studied this. So they are basically, what they're doing, Sheila, is an extermination, okay? They're doing, if you will, a, an annihilation of the human race, uh, uh, trying to you know, kill them off, uh, if not by wars, then by uh, injections, if not by pandemics, if not by starvation. Now, to top it all off, the last thing I found out, and this is kind of really very disconcerting to me, is that they are purposely trying to uh, affect the breadbasket area of our nation with climate technology, climate geoengineering technology. They're trying to do it with the chemtrailing. They're trying to do it by cutting off the water supply from um, irrigation systems in farms. They're trying to do it in, in many, many places, especially in the West and Northwest. So why are they doing that? And by the way, I saw a, a small video recently where it said, basically said the farmers said that they are paying the farmers. They're, the government is paying them to destroy the crops. Yeah. Now, why, why would they do such a thing? I mean, doesn't that sound kind of crazy or maybe not crazy, maybe malevolent? It's funny you mentioned the crops. That actually really ties in, Augusto. I mean, such a good segue into something that I thought was horrifying. Of course, now you know that I wrote the book Green Gospel. And of course, I delve into the green movement, the green agenda, the nefarious globalist plan for total depopulation and really earth worship cults that really dominated the time of the Ammonites and the Midianites. But this, you know, this is really frightening when you have this carbon neutral and fair trade agreement that Joe Biden's talked about, Build Back Better, which is code word for this Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 on steroids. They want you in these little stack and packs. What's happening right now, speaking of food, though, is under their fair trade agreement, there's a handful of global companies who have bought up thousands of stores like your Albertsons, you know, all these grocery chains. And now they're coming out with Beyond Meat and genetically modified cauliflower and you name it. I mean, talk about your Soylent Green hair. And they, for food security measures, they basically dictate what you can now eat for dinner because you know it's got to be all they got to revolutionize the global food system from the top down and they're even telling farmers and the like to they're paying farmers to shut down their farms or grow what they're calling you know these sustainable sort of like again these plant-based burgers are really coming out and you know if you look at the food expenditures and the economic implosion and Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum saying you know what you don't need any land you don't you're gonna like to just have nothing under this communist system I mean it is really frightening how they're gonna get ready for the plate reset eventually because when you have this Orwellian social engineering and then the World Economic Forum in there with your Bill Gates who by the way Augusto owns all the farmland isn't that frightening yeah. yeah, he's buying the, he's buying it all. 
And uh, I wonder why, right? I wonder why this computer billionaire, why he's interested in land now. Is, is, is he planning on becoming a farmer? I think not. So there is a malevolent plan for starvation. That is the other plan that they're going to use. And, you know, when I start think, uh, seeing all of these things, it reminds me, and you mentioned it, so I, I want to address what you asked me, of Cuba. Um, of course, Cuba was was not the U.S., but it was a very prosperous nation. Cuba, among all of the um, Central America and uh, South American nations, Cuba was right up there. I mean, Cuba was a very, very, very uh, prosperous nation, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, yeah, there were some problems. There were some issues. Yeah, there was some. But, uh, you know, Cuba was um, anybody could do whatever they wanted to do. People had uh, cars. They had the color TVs. Back in the 1950s, people had color TVs. People had phones. People traveled in and out of the country, had businesses, whatever, like here. But uh, when Castro came in, he promised the very same things that these people are promising now, which is socialism, communism, which means we're going to distribute the wealth, right? And everybody is going to be the same. Everybody is going to become equal. There's not going to be any more rich people telling the poor people what to do right except everybody became the same except they became the same in the sense that nobody had anything nobody had much of anything everybody became poor like they say down here in the south the black folks like you're poor nobody had anything and now now the rich people didn't have anything the government confiscated their businesses their lands the farmers could no longer do their thing the government told them what to do what to plant you see, and, and this is the problem when the government thinks that they know better than the people that have been doing this all of their lives. I had a, an uncle, he was a farmer back in the province of Matanzas, which was next to Havana, which is where I was. And, uh, and he would tell us, you know, we would go visit him and he would tell us, you know, the government is telling us what to do and what not to do. And they don't even know what they're talking about. And he says, uh, you know, we know how to do this. And they are telling us how to do this, and they're ruining everything. I remember one of the things Castro used to say was he was going to change the way they would cut sugarcane. He said, now instead of cutting it in three parts, you know, in the old days, they would whack the, the sugarcane in three, you know, in three parts, and, the, and then they would, uh, you know, harvest it. Castro said, we're going to just cut it up one one shot, and uh, we're going to... You know, we're going to harvest it and we're going to do this with machine and blah, blah, blah. The harvest was a disaster, a disaster. Anyway, long story short, shortages began to appear. This is what communism brings. For those of you people listening out there, maybe you like communism. Maybe you think socialism is good. Take it from somebody that has attended that uh, that meeting, taken the course in it, graduated, and I have a T-shirt. I know I can tell you what that is about. Do not believe these talking heads who know nothing about it, and they're selling you a dream, okay? They're, they're selling you a balloon dream that means nothing. Take it from somebody that has lived through it. I was talking to a guy from Venezuela in Ecuador about a couple of years ago. We were sitting across the table, you know, having a dinner. He and his son had managed to come to Ecuador to flee Venezuela. Venezuela is another story. Venezuela was a very prosperous nation. Venezuela has something Cuba doesn't have, a lot of oil. And Venezuela was extremely rich back in the 70s and 80s. Venezuela is a very rich country, produces a lot of oil. And yet, look at Venezuela. 
can even feed itself. This is what communism does. And the reason communism doesn't work, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the secret why it doesn't work. The reason communism doesn't work and socialism doesn't work, although they, the idea that they have is it sounds very pretty, but it doesn't work. The reason it doesn't work is because communism and socialism takes away the enthusiasm. It takes away the, uh, the ability of a person to improve in life. The ability of a person to ascend up in life, to become better, to have more things, to have a better job, to make more money so they can give their family better things, to live in a little better house, get a little better car. They, they take all of that away. And so when they take that incentive, this is the, it's the word I was reaching for, when they take that incentive away from the people, human beings are trained to work by incentive. What is in it for me? You know, either money or it's a reward or it's a promotion, something. Okay. There's got to be something in it for people. Otherwise, people lose interest. They are not interested. And so when people have no incentive to work, that is communism. In communist and socialist systems, people lose the desire to work. It's not because they're lazy. Some people see these photos of people in Cuba playing dominoes in the streets, and people laugh and say, oh, man, look at those lazy bumps. No, they're not lazy. The Cuban people are some of the most industrious people you will ever meet. The problem is they have no incentive to work. Why would they work? I was talking to a heart surgeon in Cuba, Sheila, a heart surgeon. This was uh, several years ago, and I attended a meeting in the home of an ambassador to Egypt. And there were some, some pretty notable dignitaries there. The ambassador to Palestine was there. There were other doctors. There were other dignitaries there. And uh, I was talking to this doctor. He's a heart surgeon, one of the best heart surgeons in Cuba. The government pays him to go overseas to perform surgeries. That's how good the guy is. You know, we asked him, how much do you make a month here? And he says, $25. So I said, do you make $25 a month? Is that what you make? He says, yeah, that's what I make. $25, which is, you know, it's, it's in U.S. dollars, not pesos. And I said, how much do the other people make? He said, well, a garbage collector here makes about 20. And I said, so a garbage collector makes almost as much money as a heart surgeon. Yeah. And I said, uh, well, that's what communism is. So in communism, what basically they do is they make everybody equal. Everybody becomes poor. It comes to the point where they own nothing. They have nothing. They take away what people have, the property. So this is what socialism is. They control them. You cannot talk. You cannot express your... And, and this is the most difficult part, by the way, of socialism, communism, because it is dictatorial. It is a dictatorial system which wants to control everything that you do. Now, listen to what I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to turn back over to you, Sheila, for comments that you may have. In Cuba... When I was there, now I'm talking about the beginning of the revolution back in 1959, 60, 61, 62, 63. At the end of 63, my parents and I went to Spain. In Cuba, this system was so, so strong, they had what is called the Committee of the Revolution. Okay, This Committee of the Revolution was a system whereby people would volunteer, of course, and then they would choose a family or two families per block. If it was a, a very large street, they would put uh, one, you know, a couple of them on each side. 
of the uh, you know of the street. Each one of them would stand guard throughout the night, make sure that they see. So any suspicious activity, because everything that they focused in was on the fact that do you remember Russia, 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 and everybody that um, followed Trump was a Russian agent. Remember that Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, in Cuba, it was America, America, America. Everything was about America. America was going to attack Cuba, destroy Cuba, blah, blah, blah. And anybody that had family here or sympathized with that was also a threat. The same tactic, the same method, the same thing. And so they would keep track of everything that went inside your house. Okay. What you said, what you didn't say, if you didn't, if you didn't go to, you know, to listen to the commander, in his speech, you know, you already were singled out. Oh, so you don't like Castro, huh? And so anything you went in with a package into your house, they wanted to know what it was. Or if you left with a package. Or if somebody came to visit uh, visit you that they were not familiar with. Somebody knew that they did not know. They wanted to know who the, that person was. Now, that was back in 1959, in the early 60s. Can you imagine... Can you just imagine what can be done today with the kind of technology that this country possesses? Can you just, I mean, this is unfathomable. Can you just imagine the big brother surveillance that these people are able to implement if they were to implement a socialist communist regime, not just here in this country, but in the whole world like they want to do? Can you just imagine? They would be, you know, like those movies, Hollywood movies, you know. They would even want to track your thoughts, what you say, what you do, even what you think. And so this thing is really, really scary. With this kind of technology that this country and other countries possess today, like China, there is no telling what they can do. And so this brings us back to this thing I was talking about, Sheila, with the, um, with the vaccines and the 5G and all this. This is where I think this is all heading. The ability to control the people and to turn us into transhumans, part robot, reprogram the people to the point where they will become a machine. A non-human is really, really scary. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned merging men into monsters. My book, Technogeddon, releases next month, and I really delve into this genetic, social, global experiment with this inoculation. But I also get it into the transhumanism agenda, the fallen angel tech, this beast tech that is ubiquitous on the planet now, and what are the implications for it? But one of the things I do at the end of the book, which I really feel like you know, the, the problem is, I mean, if you look at Oregon this morning, they just announced, and this is just this morning. So this is really ties into how I got into the COVID vaccine agenda in the book, because that was the one way they could implement these draconian vaccine passports. This morning, Oregon imposed vaccine passports and they're demanding compliance on it. So, you know, in order to gain freedom from masks indoors, Oregonians have to show their papers. I mean, this is absolute Nazi Germany on steroids. I mean, Hitler would salivate at the idea of using 
phony junk pseudoscience to convince the world they need a inoculation and they just needed the technology. One of the things that I believe truly horrifying that they're even announcing now, of course, is an Ebola breakout and new variants and new strains and, you know, up to 4 billion people wiped out potentially with a new Ebola because this COVID and oh yeah, the COVID didn't really wipe that many people out. Uh, Who knows why it failed? But the point is now they have something coming out on steroids. So there's always this thing as H.L. Mencken coined this term. They fire out a bunch of hobgoblins to convince the, you know, anything to scare the people, whether it's, you know, the climate catastrophe or the earth is going to blow up in a cataclysmic ball because of global warming. We only have five more years. They said Miami Beach would be underwater this year. So it just goes on and on with these menacing, endless scenarios of, of doom and gloom. But the point is, in the back of the book, what I really do is I talk about spiritual warfare and why, Augusto, there has never been a time in history where it is more incumbent upon God's people to learn how to become the army of God. This is like Call of Duty. You know, the kids play that video game, Call of Duty. Our Call of Duty is to fight in the trenches and get on the front lines and start waging war on these devils. I mean, even the book of Acts, you can see that Paul even went to as far as loosing blindness upon those partaking in plots against God's people. I mean, we really have to step up warfare. And yet, you know, no churches, well, if you can find one that's open, they are not equipping the people on how to do battle, are they? No, no, of course not. Um, it's too messy. It's, it's, too, it's, too, um, it's too involved. They don't want to get involved that much. They don't. And uh, they talk very nice and they, you know, they preach very nice sermons, but that's about it, which is the reason why the people are leaving the churches in large numbers, because they're not getting, they're not getting what they, what they need. It's a shame. I tried, Sheila. I tried for, for years, for decades to impact the churches, to help them, to uh, somehow make them see the reality, the truth of these things. But some of them listened. The majority didn't listen. The majority didn't even want me there, to be honest. So the few, the few that did want me there, listened. They liked the anointing of my life. They liked what the Lord did through me, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, the prophetic, you know, the signs and wonders. They, they liked that, but... They didn't like some of the other things, the deliverance and um, some of these things, you know, the hard words. I was preaching one church, one church one time years ago, and the pastor came up to me and said, you preach a heavy word, brother. I said, oh, you really think so? I do this all the time. You think it's heavy? Yeah, yeah, that's a heavy word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's normal. To me, it's natural. Uh, that's the way Jesus preached. But, you know, they, they think it's a heavy word. So... Anyway, this situation is getting to the point now, Sheila, here, that prayer alone and intercession alone is not going to do it. We are past that point now. Now, we still do need to intercede. We still do need to pray, but we're going to have to do a little extra. And that book you were mentioning that you wrote, I, I recommend people get that book and read it and become familiar with uh, the, the things that you talk about there, because it is coming to pass very fast. Now, what people need to begin to do now is they not only have to pray, we have to, we have to basically become like the Book of Acts church. 
And what do you mean by that, Augusto? Is we have to become active. We have to get involved in society. It's no longer just to pray in, in secret and then just preach nice little sermons. We have to go out there and get the hands dirty. We have to go to the capitals. We have to go to the buildings. We have to go to parks. We have to go to places where the, some of these demons are, and we have to confront them just like Jesus did, just like Peter and Paul and all the apostles did. People think that Jesus preached in the synagogues all the time. That's not true. Sometimes he went to the very gates of hell. You know, when he, when he went to the very gates of hell there at the base of the mountain, okay, where the angels descended, the 200 angels descended there in the book of Genesis talks about, you know, the giants, but, but the 200 angels that descended, it's talked about in the book of Enoch. At the base of that mount, there was a portal. There was like a cave where the locals would bring foods and would bring all kinds of offerings because they knew that this was the habitation of demons, okay, or demigods back in those days. So they went there, and that is exactly where Jesus took his disciples. I mean, what a nice place to take his disciples, right, for a little retreat, uh, right where the gates of hell were, right? (laughs) And so right there is the place where he told them, he says, who do you say I am? And they said, oh, you are, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you are, you know, the prophet Elias, some say this and some say that, but who do you say I am? And then Peter, of course said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then he told Peter, said, Peter, this has not been revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven, by the Holy Ghost. And I say to you, Peter, that upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So there was the topic of this message. And he was standing with his disciples right in front of the gates of hell when he said that. When he made that decree, and you know, the thing about it is that he gave Peter the keys of the kingdom. And so what are the keys, uh, Augusto? Well, we have the keys today. He gave them to Peter. Peter used them. He used them, you know, when he opened the doors of the gospel to the to the Samaritans first, and then he opened it to the, you know, to all the Gentiles. You know, he opened it to, you know, when he went to the house of Cornelius, opened it to the Gentiles. Peter used the keys. The keys represent authority. And so we have authority. And the first thing that believers in Jesus Christ have to understand is that you have authority in Christ. Remember when he anointed the 70? and said, go, preach the gospel, cast out devils, heal the sick. Well, what happened to that? Where is that now? This is the gospel. He said, wherever you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is here. And then he told them the kingdom of heaven is within you. Don't look for it over here, you know, in some nebulous, you know, place, you know. It's within you. So go and do it. And when you get there, tell them. The kingdom of God is here. It's arrived. And so the church is missing that link, that connection, because they are not being told that they have authority. So when they pray, they they don't use authority. They don't believe they have any authority. If you hear most Christians to talk today, Chila, they say, oh, I'm just trying to make, I'm, I'm, I'm just hanging on, trying to make. Well, I understand. I understand where they're coming from. They're tired. And they're weary. I understand that. But 
you know, that is not a very good declaration of victory to make, of faith. And the enemy is listening to everything we say. So are the angels. When they hear us and we talk like, oh, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just, you know, the devil is whooping me and I'm just trying to make it and hanging on, you know, and I'll make it. Maybe I'll make it. To Do you think the angels of the Lord are going to rise up and come to your help and assist you and defend you when you talk like that? Of course not. Do you think that is going to attract the enemy? Maybe those little imps lying around somewhere there, maybe taking a siesta. They might hear that and say, hey, hey, wait a minute. Looks like we got that guy licked. Let's go in there and jump on him a little more. Maybe he'll give up. And you know what? People are giving up by the, by the multitude, Sheila. I can't believe how many Christians are walking away from their faith. They just, they just threw up their arms and gave up. When this situation, and uh, I'll just say this and turn it back over to you. When, when, when this situation with, uh, with Trump, he lost the election. Where I don't believe he, lo he lost it. I believe he was stolen right out. But anyway, that's another story. When that happened, a lot of Christians seems like they lost, uh, they lost their desire to fight. And they just threw their arms up. And they, they, just, they just gave up hope. And, uh, you know, I was disappointed. I really was. I was even upset at Trump, the fact that he did not fight more. But I didn't give up. I'm not going to give up. The devil jumped on me with all fours, and I said, okay, is that the best you have? Make my day. You know what? He kind of tried to do it. He tried. He really tried, but I wouldn't give up. And as long as you don't give up, listen to me. If you don't give up, you will have the victory. Trust me. Eventually, you win because we win this thing, people. We win. You understand that? We don't lose. We win. All we have to do is just keep fighting. And this country, we have to fight for this country because there's nowhere else to go. People talk about, well, I'm going to leave the country. I'm going to go. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Canada? Let me tell you something. You don't want to come to socialist hellhole Canada. I can tell you for boots on the ground. And that's not an option. <laughs> that's why I mentioned Canada. I know you. I mean, you, you, are, you are from there, Sheila. I mean, you know what's going on there. I mean, where are you going to go to? Australia? Are you kidding me? Where are you going to go to? Europe? Please. Israel? Are you kidding me? Israel is worse than Canada. Well, maybe not in the freedom, but the vaccines. They're forcing everybody there to get the vaccines now in Israel. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Israel has been targeted to lose, what, I don't know, a higher percentage of its population more than the U.S., according to the Deagle report in Israel. So is that where you're going to go to escape? Are, are you serious? So there is no warehouse. So what I'm saying is we have to fight for this nation because at least we have a constitution. And at least right now there is a constitutional government that the government cannot tell the governors what to do. And if you have a good governor, if you live in a state that has a good governor, you will be able to make it through this because this is a constitutional government and the federal government cannot tell the state governments what to do. They can try to tell them what to do. They may try to pressure them what to do, but they cannot tell them. This is why we had the civil war. So those of you listening out there, This is the strategy that the Lord gave me, Sheila. I don't know if I share this with you. When this whole mess started in January, the Lord showed me the strategy was not right. The strategy that was used 
was not right. And the people needed to concentrate and focus where they live. Pray for your governor. Pray for your attorney general. Pray for your Senate. All these things, Secretary of State, go there to the Capitol. Lay hands on that Capitol and anoint it. Go there and talk to the people. Go there to the school system. This is how you take back the country. The Lord says it has to be done from the bottom up, not from the top down. Absolutely. Well, and that's why I'm really excited in this last 10 minutes to really get into what's coming here in June. So people, I mean, there's nothing like it to get connected with other like-minded, powerful Christians, get equipped, get a major infilling of God, the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting and just moving on the people and just, well, it's like, show me your glory. It's like the the name of this actual conference that you've had titled in the past. I want you to talk to people what's coming in June, why this is so important. And I really believe, like, I'm actually trying to get over the border to attend myself, which might mean I can never come back to Canada too. So that's the price I'd have to pay. Because when I come back on the other side, they're now mandating types of vaccine passport protocols. So I mean, it's so important to me to get to this event. I mean, I've been Idaho, your Texas, your Florida, your two Floridas. I mean, this is such a powerful weekend of God. Talk about it, Augusto. Well, I can talk about it some, but I think you're probably in a better position to to tell the people, Sheila, because you know you, you you've been there. They will they, they will listen to you. But let me just say that this is something we started doing in 2014. The conferences, the Lord put it in my heart to start doing it together, and it was to equip the body of Christ. And you know, this event is happening in June 25th, 26th, and 27th. That will be a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. We're going to have three evening services at 7 p.m., which is not, you know, I'm, I will be sharing a message, but I'm going to go into a season of fasting and praying. The Lord has already dropped a couple of things in my heart that, he, I'm, you know, he wants me to share. I will be sharing a recent prophetic revelation that he gave me. I have not shared it yet at that conference. And then on Saturday mornings, we gather at 1030 in the morning and we, you know, people have coffee and there's little nice things to eat there and have fellowship. And then what we have is we have a really powwow and we just do whatever the Holy Spirit leads me to do. People get to, you know, talk to each other. We get to, we hear from everybody. We have communion that Saturday morning. And then uh, on Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m., we gather for just a little bit at 1 p.m. And then at night we come back and then we have a water baptisms after the service. Now, we have gotten some reservations at the hotels, discount prices. So if you want to get those, I mean, you have to call them quick because they may be going fast. There are three hotels there. I mean, when you stay in the hotel there, it's a straight shot to the conference buildings. It's in that same road. You just go down uh, a few miles and it's right there. So we need to, uh, what the Lord laid on my heart is, we need a refreshing. We need the presence of God. The only thing that can take us from where we are at now and move us into a higher place is the presence of God. Show me your glory. And uh, he gave me that. He gave me that last conference. I want to see his glory. And last time at the last uh, service we had, the people didn't want to leave, Sheila. People did not want to leave. They wanted to stay there. People wrote to me and said, I just didn't. I just don't want to leave. It was not because of me. It was not because of my great preaching. It was not because of things I may have said. 
however good those things may have been, that was not it. That was not the reason why people didn't want to leave. It was him. It was him. His presence was thick and he was there. And the people left that. When the people left that, uh, that last conference, the people were having dreams and visions. Children were having dreams and visions. I have a case of a young child. Well, he was not a child. He's, he must be, you know, in his 10, 12, I don't know. He was seeing in the spirit. He was able to see in the spirit. His eyes were open. His eyes were open. There were many people whose eyes were open there. Many gifts were activated. And this is one of the things that these conferences do. Uh, people's gifts are activated. People gives new mantles. They, the Lord gives um, the promotions. The Lord gives new assignments. The breaker anointing comes and breaks shackles, breaks strongholds from people. We saw last time deliverances. People needed to be set free. There are also healings, baptism of the Holy Spirit. We saw a powerful baptism of the Holy Spirit there on the first night, on Friday night in 2019. It's incredible. It's incredible. A Jewish man, a Jewish man that came, a Jewish lawyer. I mean, there's a story behind this man. He, If I told you some of the things, maybe he'll tell you some of the things this this next uh, conference. You know, he's, he was involved in something incredible uh, some time back. So he's going to be there. There's a lot of people going to be there. And you're going to be there, Sheila. I mean, people surely will be happy to see you. I am excited. There's an excitement in the air. I am just, I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait because I just love the presence of the Lord. I just love to be in his presence. Without his presence, we are nothing like Moses, right? Moses in Exodus chapter 32, when the Lord told Moses he was not going to go with them, Moses said, wait, wait a minute, Lord. You're not going to come with us? If you don't come with us, I'm not going anywhere. I mean, the only reason I'm doing this is because of you and your presence. Without your presence, forget it. Like they say up in New York, forget about it. And that, and that's when he told the Lord, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. Oh, the hunger, the hunger that Moses had in his heart for the presence of God. That's what I want in my heart. Praise God. Yes. And I love what you just said about that word refresh, because I don't think Augusto, I mean, we need a supercharged refreshment because there's never been a time in history where I think God's people are more beat down. And, you know, I'm getting the emails about people depressed. You know, they're going to come and plug into the body of Christ and they're going to make lifelong friendships with, you know, other anointed Christians that are hungry for the things of God. And I think it's going to be very powerful. So give out the information where it's going to be one more time when, and then give out your website, Augusto, please. Thank you, Sheila. It's uh, Show Me Your Glory, The Appearance Ministries. And the website is www.theappearance.com. And we have the flyer there posted on, on the uh, announcements page. It's all there. The time, the place where it is, it is an, it's going to take place in Christ Central Church, 15445 U.S. Highway 129, McAlpin, Florida, 32062. And the hotels are there. The, they're mentioned there and the times and everything. And so we took this uh, title for the conference from 2 Corinthians 318. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, 
even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And that is my prayer for everyone that attends, that everyone that comes here will be changed. They will be changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. We will have an encounter with the awesome presence of God and the glory of the Lord. I can't wait. I'm excited, and I hope you catch that excitement and uh, you come and join us. Well, and just so people know if they're planning on coming from another state, you can fly into Jacksonville, and it's about an hour and 15 minutes to McAlpin. Right. And that's important for people to know. It's just near Live Oak, Florida. And now, Augusto, in the last part of the show, if you would, please, boy, I think a lot of us are very desperate for prayer. So I just want you to pray. Let's all just come in agreement and receive from the Lord. Well, praise God. Father dear, we just come to you with such a burden in our hearts, Father, for so many people out there. Many people are tired. They have gone through it. They're weary. Some have been you know, sick. Some have recovered from COVID. Some from other things. Some, Father, have lost their jobs. Some have lost their businesses. So many, many, many things, Father dear. But we know that you are more than a conqueror. We, we know that you are, Lord, our, our provider, our Jehovah Jireh. We know that you shall provide all things for your children. And uh, this coming season that is upon us, you're going to bestow a grace, a greater grace upon your people, Lord. And everything that the devil has stolen from them you're going to give it back to them lord abundantly if they continue and they don't give up if they don't just lift their arms and just give up and father i just ask that you would just touch those precious people today that your holy presence will just descend and touch them right there where they are that you would lift up your arms people listening just lift up your arms father that you would just flow your spirit right now where they are strengthen them refresh them encourage them lift them up lord above the shadows oh lord fill their cup fill them with our holy spirit and give them the spirit of joy of power and of a sound mind lord let them walk lord like you walk jesus looking upon you not upon what's going on around them not upon what's going on in their government focusing only on you and almighty father we just bless you and we thank you and we pray that you just touch those people that are listening that one that is lord in need of deliverance lord break the shackles break the chains of bondage set them free spirit of depression go in jesus name spirit of despair spirit of hopelessness we break your power of a people in jesus name be loosed spirit of love and power and the sound mind come upon the people in jesus name father lord give them a strength lord give them boldness like a lion lord Give them, Lord, the focus, Lord. Give them that determination, Lord, that they will not give up. No matter what, Lord, no matter what it takes, Lord, they will not give up. They will continue to press in, Lord. Press in and touching the hem of your garment. Oh, glorious Father, we bless you and we praise you and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father, we claim victory for all these precious listeners. And Lord, bring them, bring them to the conference. 
so that they can receive what they need in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Very, very powerful. The information for Augusto's conference is up on your screen, folks, and it's also linked in the description below. Augusto, I'm really looking forward to, well, if I can get there, I am going to be there. So I just, I'm excited for that. And I want to thank you so much for, first of all, having this. And second of all, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on the show and also pray. Thank you. No, thank you for inviting me, Sheila. Always a pleasure. Always a great time when I come to be with you. And we look forward to seeing you. Okay. I'll be praying for that. Thank you, Augusto. Folks, that was Minister Augusto Perez from TheAppearance.com. Just throw this in a browser, throw it in a search, TheAppearance.com. Go to the events page and you can download the poster and the information for the hotels. All that information, again, is over at his website, TheAppearance.com, which is linked in the program description. Folks, if I can come from another country that I'm probably going to have a hard time even getting across into another country, because if you're not a central worker, I was turned away already at the BC border. So now I'm in Alberta trying to cross into Montana around middle of June. I really want people to be praying for me to come into the United States because speaking of Fidel Castro and his son, Justin Trudeau, if you've ever read the story on the little love triangle of Fidel Castro and Margaret Trudeau, the raunchy Jezebel wife of one demonic communist himself, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, who, by the way, remember when Augusto mentioned abortions in 1970? Well, even before the demonic ruling from the pit of hell, remember Roe versus Wade? Well, good old Justin Castro, and there's a reason I call him that, go on and do an internet search of Justin Trudeau and Fidel Del Castro, you'll know what I'm talking about. So Pierre Elliott Trudeau, the man that raised the present-day Canadian Prime Minister, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, brought in abortion even before Roe versus Wade. In fact, a lot of Americans were coming into Canada to butcher babies. Where did it start? It started in Canada where I physically am right now, only because I have three sons and a granddaughter, I probably won't be able to get back into Canada, just so everyone knows, if I do go to the States, because I refuse the vaccines. So I guess I'm making my permanent move to the States. So anyone got a spare house in Florida? Any rich folks that have a spare house in Florida to give to a worthy minister? Well, let me know, folks, because, um, yeah, I'm giving up my entire life to flee a communist country that is arresting pastors left, right, and center. And I think by now everybody's seen what's happening to anyone that is preaching. Police will come in and haul you off to jail. It's absolutely heartbreaking to me to see how my country is absolutely circling the toilet bowl with that demonic New World Order puppet who loves China's basic dictatorship, Justin Trudeau. You know what? He wasn't elected by Canadians. He was selected by George Soros because I don't even know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy that voted for him. I am going to tell you that Canadians cannot stand Justin Trudeau. But here we have this Mussolini that's decreeing things by executive order. You thought Obama was straight out of the bells of hell itself? That disgusting New World Order puppet? He's got nothing on this demonic 
demonic puppet Justin Trudeau, who's absolutely waging war on Christians. You know, it's interesting. 2,800 Muslims have met during Ramadan, and yet we've had 17 pastors locked up. But Muslims are allowed to congregate in groups of 2,800 people. But if you're a pastor and you have more than 15 people in your church, they will literally come in and arrest you. Look at Pastor James Coates, Pastor Arthur Pulowski, the Baptist minister from Alberta. And it seems like most of them hailing from Alberta that used to be the Florida slash Texas of Canada. But there is a mind-blinding spirit on this country like you wouldn't believe. Toronto? It is the Mecca of Muslims, and I'm not kidding when I say that. There is a mosque on every street corner, and I've been warning people for 20 years the stuff was coming, and no one cared. You know, I was screaming it from the rooftops. But anyway, folks, this event is like nothing you've ever been to. If I can cross a border and drive 50 hours... I'm sure that you can easily get out there. There's really no excuse. I guess it's just right now a matter of how bad do you want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit? And you know what? One of the things people, they've come to know is they can trust me when I tell them something. And trust me when I tell you, this event is very, very powerful. God just shows up in a way that I've, it's hard to believe. It's just every single time I've ever attended one of Augusto's events, not only have I had a chance to minister to the people there as well, but I also receive so much. And that's why I'm going out of my way to get to this. Because listen, I read your emails. I know that people have had a hellish year and a half. I get it. And it's really bad in some states, folks. So this is a time for people to come together and make future plans together and make lifelong friendships with the most amazing people, people who are really seeking the Lord. And that's what you can expect from this. If you have any questions, reach out to them over there. I think I said the events page, but it's actually the announcements page over there at theappearance.com. And folks, finally, I would just like to remind people, if you're a regular listener, please consider becoming a monthly partner. When you're a financial supporter, that means you are a part of this ministry and what this ministry does. And I truly believe this, that God does bless givers to his ministries. You know what, folks? This ministry is worth support, generous support if you have the means. Go to the donate page and scroll down to the bottom and you will see all the various ways to support the ministry, including becoming one of my monthly supporters on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. We thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.